Hello everybody, welcome along to Baptist Voice for the month of February 2021. Uh, hopefully things will improve as we go on through the year and manage to tame this wicked Covid problem that we've got around our necks and that leads us on to an explanation really that we're not in our usual editing suite um, because the restrictions mean that we've been shut out of our church premises but nonetheless we managed to pull a few things together we hope you will find interesting and valuable and we start off with a good rousing hymn and this is crowning with many crowns in with many crowns a fitting start to any new year and now thanks to the northern baptist association for that recording the gang are all here and socially distanced 
in some cases by many miles. I'll introduce them to you as we proceed. First off, Andrea leads us into the news from Baptist Union. Do you want to keep in touch with a loved one in a care home without further burdening the overworked staff there? Well, Tina English of Embracing Age shares a new development. A chance conversation with a Baptist minister in a Zoom meeting last year sparked an idea. She told us how she ministered to Margaret, a member of her congregation who is currently in a care home using an Alexa device to drop in. An Alexa device is voice-assisted technology developed by Amazon that has a drop-in command, enabling two people to chat anywhere in the world. In this particular situation, which is not uncommon amongst care home residents, Margaret is blind and has slight dementia, so she cannot use a phone without assistance. In busy care homes, staff have limited time to supervise phone and video calls, but once an Alexa device has been set up, no assistance is needed, as the resident does not need to answer the phone. Margaret's family had been frustrated about not being able to chat with her as often as they liked. So, with permission and help from the care home, they set up the Alexa device and gave permission to certain people to access it. The caller, in this case Liz, a Baptist minister, simply uses their smartphone app or their Alexa device and commands Alexa to drop in on the resident they wish to chat with. In this situation, it was Margaret. This command activates the Alexa device in Margaret's room, and without doing anything, she hears the minister say, Hello, Margaret, it's Liz calling on the Alexa phone. When Embracing Age heard about this last year, they were delighted and intrigued. Embracing Age is an organisation that seeks to address the loneliness of care home residents, and they could see that this idea had so much potential. So they set up a successful crowdfunding campaign to raise money to buy Alexa devices and put together all the instructions on how to set one up. They are keen now to freely distribute these far and wide, and if you know of people who have a loved one in a care home who might benefit then please do encourage them to get in touch. They may need a little help to get started with the new technology, and this is a great opportunity for the church to come alongside and support them using the instructions they have provided. For more information, visit carehomefriends.org.uk forward slash Alexa or email sarah at embracingage.org.uk. Several Baptist church buildings have become vaccination centres as the national programme accelerates. The government wants everyone in the top four priority groups to have been offered a first dose of COVID-19 vaccine by mid-February, which is around 13 million people. In several places, those tasked with administering the vaccine have turned to their local Baptist church. The centres we've heard about are Westwood Ho Baptist Church in Devon. They were contacted on Christmas Eve by nearby pharmacy Arnold's. St Peter's Baptist Church in Worcester were contacted in November by NHS England representatives. The church's 13-year-old building had a lot going for it. 
large lower hall, large car park, good location near the motorway, and the possibility of using different entry points and exits. Church voted overwhelmingly for its building to be used in this way. Emsworth Baptist Church in Hampshire was already being used when the COVID-19 restrictions started to take effect in the local area. The GP surgery found they were unable to use its own premises for the flu vaccination programme due to the social distancing requirements. It approached the Baptist Church to see about renting the premises. The church is just across the road from the doctor's surgery and in a central location. The flu vaccinations programme was very successful and so when the question of using church premises for COVID-19 vaccinations came out, it was a logical next step. Vaccinations at Bellevue Baptist Church in Southend began on Thursday the 14th of January. The local surgery approached the church and will be using the pav- Vaccinations at Bellevue Baptist Church in Southend began on Thursday the 14th of January. Minister Andy Goodliffe said we felt it was a good opportunity to be part of the solution to this pandemic and for the church to be seen as part of the community. Outside of Southend Food Bank our buildings are not currently being used so we have the capacity to offer. Tonbridge Baptist Church in Kent is another where vaccinations are taking place. The church had begun conversations with the local primary care network before lockdown, looking at how they could work together. In autumn 2020, TVC approached the PCN with the invitation of partnering together to serve the community as a vaccine centre when the time came. The church hall at Wellington Road Baptist Church Somerset is being used as a COVID vaccination team support room just over the road from the vaccination centre. Minister Sam Griffiths contacted the local surgery to see if the church's recently refurbished premises could be used. It was told the cottage hospital over the road from the church was to be used as a vaccine centre, but could the church be used for the team? Sam said, like all of our churches, our premises have remained empty during numerous lockdowns, and this was particularly ironic given the refurbishment of our church hall. Brand new windows, carpet and repaint had just been completed. Those are the centres we've heard about. Obviously, it's not an exhaustive list, but if you know of any other Baptist churches being used as vaccination centres, email us at baptistvoice13 at gmail.com and we'll be happy to give you a shout-out, as DJs say on other radio stations. Back to the future. That has been the overarching theme of the Fresh Streams Conference 2021. It was an inspired theme because, not unlike some of the technological predictions of the eponymous sci-fi film series, this was a conference that has had to fully embrace digital solutions in order to take place in unprecedented times. The strapline of the Fresh Streams movement is Deeper In, Further Out, and with over 750 delegates signed up for the three days, This conference certainly reached out to those who would not typically have been able to attend the annual in-person gathering. I believe that what has been truly timely is that just as the scope and reach of this conference has become wider at the beginning of a new year, we have been drawn deeper into the ways of the Lord as churches and church leaders. The Bible passage that shaped the three days came from Jeremiah 6 verse 16. 
This is what the Lord says. Stand at the crossroads and look. Ask for the ancient paths. Ask where the good way is and walk in it and you will find rest for your souls. Using the virtual platform that was afforded them, they were able to meet and network with new friends and old throughout the course of the conference. It was also incredibly encouraging to share in regional Zoom meetings and to receive prayer from one another within the forum. Shared conversations facilitated through Zoom enabled individuals to explore a range of different topics and interests that usually would have been within the conference of a seminar room. Shared conversations facilitated through Zoom enabled individuals to explore a range of different topics and interests that usually would have been within the confines of a seminar room. Each day was then brilliantly closed out with an evening celebration. Baptist Church member Krish Kandaya has been given an exciting opportunity to improve the adoption system after being appointed as the new chair of the Adoption and Special Guardianship Leadership Board, ASGLB. Dr Kandaya is the founder of the charity Home for Good. In 2013, it's a charity which seeks to mobilise the church into finding a home for every child who needs one. A statement announcing his appointment described him as a critical friend to the government on adoption policies for many years, adding that Dr Kandaya comes to the role with the unique experience of being an adoptive parent himself who is passionate about championing for more people from all walks of life to come forward as loving adoptive parents. The Adoption and Special Guardianship Leadership Board is a national board that has been jointly developed by the Department for Education and the local authority and voluntary adoption sectors. It plays a vital role in decision-making and driving improvements in adoption and special guardianship services in England to ensure that all children and families are given the support they need to thrive. Dr Kandaya of Cornerstone Baptist Church Tame said right now there are over 2,550 children waiting for adoption. Each one of them needs a unique, loving family to commit to them for life, despite all the trauma they have faced in the past, whatever their futures may hold. I count it a huge privilege to take on the chairing of the leadership board and I'm looking forward to working with colleagues to find parents for all the children that are waiting and to provide great support for all adopted families. Dr Kandaya has now stepped down from his role at Home for Good to ensure there is no conflict of interest. The Reverend Israel Olawol Olafinjana has been announced as the Evangelical Alliance's new One People Commission OPC director. From the 1st of April, Israel will be taking over from the pioneering work of the Reverend Canon Yemeni Adideji, who welcomes this appointment. The One People Commission exists to celebrate diversity while promoting unity, seeking to reflect celebrate and serve the ethnic diversity of the church in the UK by helping to reshape the focus and the feel of the Evangelical Alliance and its membership. Israel will work with the Evangelical Alliance's OPC network of key national church leaders across ethnic backgrounds to support and equip the UK church as it seeks to become more integrated, effective and unified. Israel 
is an ordained and accredited Baptist minister and senior pastor of Woolwich Central Baptist Church in London. Baptist Together General Secretary, the Reverend Lynn Green, said, I am so delighted to hear that Israel Olafinjana has been appointed to this key role. This is not so much a loss for Baptist Together as a win for God's kingdom, and I look forward to working together for unity and justice in new ways in the future. The next item on the agenda is to find out what our young people have been up to in these interesting times. Here's Lucy. When the Prime Minister announced the third national lockdown on the 4th of January, it affected everyone. For our local centres across the UK, it meant the way they engage with young people in schools will once again change. Though schools have closed, that doesn't mean they have completely shut their doors to all young people. Camberley Youth for Christ Centre Director Ollie Deeps explains that one of the secondary schools they work closely in has remained open to teachers, Year 11s doing BTEC exams, children of key workers and those who are vulnerable. For such groups to continue coming into school buildings during lockdown, they're required to have regular COVID tests. Camberley Youth for Christ are keen to support schools and young people in any way, so Ollie offered to help the school carry out the task. It was an offer they gladly accepted. In preparation, Ollie did NHS training certificates on the Innova process, how to give guidance and advice on swabbing, how to report results, how to wash and sanitise hands correctly, and knowing everything about PPE. The opportunity was a no-brainer, according to Ollie. Schools are having such a hard time right now having to cater for online learning, being open for vulnerable and key worker pupils, and having to create pop-up test centres, he declares. As my heart is to support young people and the local school, I'm only happy to help. Since COVID-19 hit, so many physical gatherings run by the local Youth for Christ centres can no longer take place. Youth camps, events and worship services are on hold. This has included Norwich Youth for Christ's Youth Worship Service, Encounter. Yet, the Norwich Youth for Christ team argue that these events are more important than ever for young people at this time. So last June, the centre launched a worship service on their YouTube channel for young people called Encounter Online. When it was a face-to-face event, Encounter used to take place once a term. But now, centre director Nick Blanche and the team are running the online version almost every month. They're learning fast how to create opportunities to encounter God in an online format. The talks are pre-recorded, so the team have also been able to draw in more external speakers, including Laura Hancock from the National Youth for Christ, Dr Kate Middleton from the Mind and Soul Foundation, and Dan Randall from Hope. New gap year Ben Ellum has done a talk and lots of musicians are taking part in the worship, many of whom are young people. With four Encounter Online events now completed, Norwich Youth for Christ have had over 600 views on their YouTube channel and a big increase on the number of subscribers. So even though we continue to live under restrictions, young people in Norwich are being given the chance to encounter God for themselves today. Thanks, Lucy. Because of the pandemic, churches throughout the land have found themselves putting the gospel into action in all sorts of unusual ways. Colin has the regional news and this example from Devon. On Christmas Eve, Westwood Ho Baptist Church received an email from our local pharmacy apologising for the timing of the request, but saying they were under a tight time schedule allocated by NHS England and looking to hire a venue to run a Covid vaccination clinic. 
Arnold's Pharmacy had applied to help support NHS England by running a Covid vaccination clinic for the area. Since Westwood Ho Baptist Church was very close to the pharmacy and the hall was suitable for use as a centre, they wondered if it was possible to hire our hall. It turns out that somebody connected to the pharmacist had been to several children's events there held in the past and knew it would be ideal. The vaccination centre would run for 12 hours a day, 7 days a week, for at least the next 3 months. Discussing it via email, the Westwood Ho Baptist Church leadership team came to a swift and unanimous agreement that they'd be delighted to host the clinic. One of the many new people God has blessed us with over the last couple of years is a chap called Rod Smith, who has been coordinating COVID security and operations over the past few months. On Boxing Day, Rod met together with some of the leadership team for a socially distant short meeting to discuss and formulate an action plan for prepping the building, after which a licensing agreement was swiftly finalised. Tim Sutton, pastor at the church, says, Personally, for me as a pastor, loving my neighbour also means I take the vaccine to help ensure that I'm not the cause of suffering, or worse, for others. And please join WHBC in praying for more than just a physical blessing on each person who walks through our doors. The South End Mission Support Workshop began its life at Bellevue Baptist Church just under 40 years ago. An initiative of the deacon in the church, Jack Norwood, it was part of the belongings of Tools with a Mission, which was developed out of Operation Agri the Baptist Men's Movement and the BMS. TWAM is a charity that refurbishes second-hand tools for mission work. From its small beginnings, TWAM is now a huge operation. The South End Workshop began life in what had been a small room for Bible class meetings. Before, in the late 80s, moving to a larger room in Friendship House, also part of the church's premises. In the early years, it was the centre of the TWAM operation. The workshop has been the centre of activity with thousands and thousands of tools, chisels, planes, drill bits, etc., being cleaned and refurbished and packed into toolkits. A team of men, usually retired, could be found hard at work. For the last 15 years, it's been led by John Bailey and a few others supporting him. The history of Bellevue Baptist Church has been one of helping begin new missional ventures and its involvement with TWAM through the workshop has been one of its longest running ones. As a church they say we are grateful to be part of this story and we're proud of all those who have given their time and skill. It's been a wonderful source of friendship, mission and practical action that has had a massive impact around the world. How did your Christmas services pan out with all the restrictions in place? In Aintree, better known as the home of the Grand National Horse Race, Hope Community Church drew all the other churches in the area together to organise Follow the Star Aintree. Despite an internationally known venue, Aintree is a small, tight-knit village community. Follow the Star Aintree was a trail of 10 stars located outdoors in different places around the village. 
beginning at the Hope Community Church entry and going via each other local church, primary school, community spaces and even a local pub car park. Each star had a QR code which when scanned with a smartphone played a short video of a character from the Christmas story telling their perspective of what happened at the first Christmas before telling the viewer where to find the next star. Newly accredited Baptist minister Reverend Lee Jennings of Hope Community Church Aintree said before the November lockdown Merseyside was the first area to be in tier 3 in the country. When lockdown hit we knew that any Christmas outreach would have to be different this year. We wanted to plan something which would bless the community, share the hope-filled message of Christmas and be possible no matter which level of restrictions we found ourselves in come December, something which could be done alone in a household or group of six. Whereas Hope Community Church Aintree organised the trail, Follow the Star Aintree became a Churches Together initiative with each of the local ministers taking acting roles in the videos. We had the local priest as a wise man, our Methodist friends at the inn, Lee as a shepherd, and our local vicar was the donkey, said Aaron Waters, youth and children's worker at HCCA, who worked on the scripts, filming and editing the videos. Instead of this becoming something led by one church, said Lee, the beauty of Follow the Star Aintree was that it first became a Churches Together initiative and something for the whole village. At such a time of crisis, we felt our community needed to know the hope of Jesus unites us and the churches were able to demonstrate that practically. Members of each church were encouraged to take the trail as an opportunity to prayer walk the area and all the publicity was done via Facebook. The tracking feature made it possible to see how often the trail was viewed, with some days having up to 16 groups watching the videos. The trail also included a prayer and reflection station, where people could write their names or situations to be prayed for on gift tags. Our hope was that through the different perspectives of those in the Christmas story, the community could capture something of the message of hope at Christmas and of God who can work in and through many difficult circumstances. A spot of music now, and Gareth plays for us the hymn tune Brightest and Best of the Sons of the Morning, number 190 in Baptist Praise and Worship.
Thanks, Gareth. And we move on now to news from our friends at Christian Aid. Claire is our reporter and she starts by returning once again to the vexed question of climate change. A new report by Christian Aid, counting the cost 2020 a year of climate breakdown, identifies 15 of the most destructive climate disasters of the year. Ten of those events cost $1.5 billion or more, with nine of them causing damage worth at least $5 billion. Most of these estimates are based only on insured losses, meaning the true financial costs are likely to be higher. Among them is Storm Chiara, which struck the UK, Ireland and other European countries in February, costing $2.7 billion and killing 14. The UK's Environment Agency issued 251 flood warnings. While the report focuses on financial costs, which are usually higher in richer countries because they have more valuable property, some extreme weather events in 2020 were devastating in poorer countries, even though the price tag was lower. South Sudan, for example, experienced one of its worst floods on record, which killed 138 people. These extreme events highlight the need for urgent climate action. The Paris Agreement, which set the goal of keeping temperature rise well below 2 degrees centigrade and ideally 1.5 degrees centigrade compared to pre-industrial levels, has just turned five years old. It's critical that countries commit to bold new targets ahead of the next climate conference, which will take place in Glasgow in November 2021. In response to that, Joe Biden, the new President of the United States, has stated that he plans to sign an executive order which will see the USA rejoining the agreement. Writing on the Christian Aid website, Christian Aid's climate policy lead, Dr. Kat Kramer, said, The return of the US shows the strength of the Paris Agreement. Despite the Trump presidency, we've actually seen an awakening on climate change during the last four years. The rise of Greta Thunberg and the school strikes, Extinction Rebellion, a slew of net zero targets, and ever greater clarity on the science, momentum has been building. Now, with the Biden presidency making climate change a priority, we have the opportunity to... Thanks, Claire, and there'll be more from Claire later. News of a New Year's honour for one of CA's retirees. And it's the turn of the colleges now, and Katie starts with an apology. I'm sorry I couldn't warn you about this, but the information came up too late for our Christmas edition, and, as you know, we don't broadcast in January. However, the Scottish Baptist College will be continuing their evening learning communities throughout February 2021. They'll be thinking about Sabbath and what the idea means for us today in the 21st century. Starting with the biblical tradition, They'll then move on to think about the spirituality and application of the Sabbath principle as can be practised in our churches and personal lives. Facilitated jointly by Andrew Clark and Lena Toth, this learning community will take place on four consecutive Monday nights through February 2021, beginning on February the 1st. The sessions will run between 8pm and 9.15pm and will be carried out via Zoom. For the four weeks, the costs of £30 plus booking fee. For further information, please contact Andrew Clark on andrew.clark at uws.ac.uk.
To register, please sign up via Eventbrite and I'm sure there will be a link to the February 1st edition accessible online. Luther King House, the home of the Northern Baptist College, are now taking applications for all their courses in September 2021. If you go to their website www.lutherkinghouse.org.uk you can click on a button at the top of their page headed Courses, Learning and Application Fees, which will give all the information you need. Luther King House says they are a Christian centre for learning, seeking to help people grow in their faith and discipleship. Among their diverse community are those who are preparing for ordained ministry through one of their key partner colleges, and many others who are preparing themselves for mission and ministry or who want to deepen their understanding of our shared faith. Please explore the website, they say, to find out more, and consider becoming part of their learning community. And that invitation comes directly from Graham Sparks, President of the Centre. St Hilde's College in West Yorkshire holds a vision, and that is, to help you grow deeper roots in Christ, and expand your capacity to join God's work. College Principal Mark Powley writes, I believe every member of St Hilde is a light that God is sending to our region. Our aim is to equip people for that calling through transformative community life, excellent theological learning, and a contagious passion for the kingdom. People often say that coming to visit St Hilde helps them view their future more clearly. I hope you'll take up this invitation to see for yourself. If you accept a place, we believe you will finish your time with us better able to follow God's call, wherever that may take you. St Hilde College builds on the strong academic record of its founder bodies, the Yorkshire Ministry Course and St Barnabas Theological Centre. We are committed to providing flexible study supported by accessible resources. Potential students are welcome to trial study through taster modules at one of our centres. In some cases, credits towards awards can be given for previous study. Whether studying for the first time or returning to a theological study, we encourage potential students to contact us for a conversation about their individual needs. Email enquiries at sainthild.org. Bristol Baptist College are offering an online course in February on reading and using the Bible. They're on two separate Saturdays, the 6th of February and the 27th. On this New Testament course, you will be challenged to answer the question, why are there four Gospels? And... Why do they tell the same stories differently? Is the book of Acts a guidebook for today's church? How can I get a handle on the letters from Paul? And what's with all the dragons at the end? The speaker will be Reverend Dr Stephen Finamore, Principal at the College. This event is part of Bristol Baptist College course called Prepare, Feed, Sustain an access level course of Christian learning designed together with the Baptist Union of Great Britain. 
The module is split into two teaching Saturdays. Each day has four sessions and plenty of tea and coffee breaks. We provide teas, coffees and biscuits and recommend that all attendees bring a packed lunch. There is a small car park in front of the building but no parking restrictions are imposed on the surrounding streets on Saturdays. You are obliged to pay for the two sessions separately for £16.76 through the Eventbrite website. And we return to the subject of music now and the fate of our Christian musicians during this tricky time. Now, I realise that this might be a bit tricky for some, but bear with me. Our gospel artists are having a tough time at the moment. Some have a church post and a secure base, but not all of them. There's very little studio work available and no concerts at all, the main source of income for some artists. Well, those artists with an extensive back catalogue will receive some royalties from record sales, but it won't create a sustainable income for all. Well, as lovers of gospel music who regard it as a vital part of our religious life, it's up to us to look out for every opportunity to support our singers and musicians. Now this is the tricky bit for some with sight problems but much of the news regarding the future of gospel music and gospel artists is on the internet and in programmes on gospel radio stations and finding it can be tricky without some help. Well we can offer one tip but it's on its own this will not change the gospel music world. For most of the past year Dave Bilborough has produced a weekly hour-long internet broadcast called Homespun on Facebook Facebook and YouTube from his home in Essex. This is more than a platform for Dave's music. It's a time of prayer and reflection and an opportunity for him to talk to colleagues and friends about their music and how they're coping. Well, in the most recent Homespun, Dave featured Paul Field, who showed that however difficult the circumstances the gospel lives are, that he sang a new song about the pandemic, which I think is still relevant, and it's called Strange Christmas. Gonna be a strange Christmas this year With unwelcome decorations of anxiety and fear Tables laid with loneliness, uncertainty and tears It's gonna be a strange Christmas Just feels complete. 
completely wrong As we stumble through the dark We long to dance into the light This lockdown of our lives It's like a chain that holds us tight We need a star to follow We need to be released This year more than ever How we need the Prince of Peace homespun on youtube and meet some of dave's many friends and their music i'll try and introduce you to some of them in the coming months next month a young lady who sings her gospel songs and accompanies herself on the harp news from overseas now and although the trips abroad for international conferences has been curtailed that hasn't stopped the real conference goer from gearing up with a zoom meeting an international theological online conference took place on the theme of eschatological community, faith, ministry and prophetic witness in a changing world. That was in the autumn of last year. The conference was organised by the European Baptist Federation, the East European Institute of Theology, the Fellowship of European Evangelical Theologians, Odessa Theological Seminary, Spurgeon's College and the Anabaptist Mennonite Network UK. More than a hundred people from around the world attended. During the conference, issues were discussed concerning the Church's self-understanding as an eschatological community, the prophetic witness of the Church in the midst of the technocratic crisis of civilization, and the eschatological presence of Christ in liturgical practices. Also examined were the challenges facing theological education in the context of a rapidly changing world. Among the presenters were distinguished international and national Baptist theologians and denominational leaders including Tony Peck, Keith Jones, Ian Randall and Anthony Cross. Around one third of the book is in English including the important biographical chapter which will be of particular interest to UK Baptist. 
The conference organisers hope that this event and the appearance of the book will not only stimulate theological thought, but will also serve as a reminder that it is essential to cultivate active gratitude, memory and recognition. No one is forgotten by God. Therefore, we also must not forget the people who have contributed to our spiritual, intellectual and professional formation. For the Church is not only a community of faith, ministry and prophetic witness, but also a fellowship of memory that for centuries has carefully preserved the memory of her saints, martyrs and teachers. By remembering our predecessors with gratitude, we acknowledge ourselves to be not only members of the local congregation or confessional groups, but also part of the great tradition of faith. Within the framework of this tradition, we find solid ground from which to discern the contemporary world prophetically and to look to the future with hope. Robert and Rose, BMS missioners in Kosovo, have learned a thing or two about loving your neighbours across social divides and physical separation. Called to teach in Kosovo four years ago, their ministry has blossomed into far more than they could have ever imagined. What began with them simply helping out at church has led them to nurturing friendships between different people groups, where historically there has only been animosity. By the grace of God, Robert and Rose are taking small steps to encourage everyone to love their neighbours. With strict lockdowns across the UK, it can be really hard for us to imagine the part we can play in building up the people around us. We asked Robert and Rose for their advice on how we can love our neighbours, even when we can't meet in person. Robert suggests, There are so many divisions in society at the moment. If you hear your family or friends disparaging other groups of people, be prepared to defend those people. Sometimes your neighbour isn't who you expect. Robert and Rose's whole ministry is built on nurturing friendships between people who have been divided by war. And while you might not have any actual enemies, could you find someone you work with or go to church with that you haven't spoken to in a while? Rose suggests... It might be that your neighbour has COVID and you've never spoken to them and you try to take them a dinner and they send you away. That could happen, but if you're prepared to take that step, it could make a massive difference. It's incredibly hard to broker peace between people who've historically been at war. Trying to find a way to honour the experience of both sides is something we've had to work out, said Rose. While we may not be dealing with the extremities of war, we've all had different experiences of this pandemic. Many of us have lost loved ones. Some of us have lost jobs. There's no immediate fix, but we can listen to and validate each other's experiences. Without being shown grace, we wouldn't have been able to do what we've been able to do, says Rose. It's not just about showing kindness to your neighbours, but being open to receiving grace in your own life. Let yourself be loved by others and nurture grace in all your relationships. At the turn of the year, we asked BMS World Missions General Director Kan Sang Tan to pen a prayer for the year ahead. It was a big ask. What do you pray for when faced with a year as uncertain as 2021? And where do you begin with the world still in the grip of the coronavirus pandemic? Thankfully, our General Director was more than up to the challenge. Dr Kang San Tan's 
prayer for 2021 asks for three things. Flourishing for new communities, for our workers to be fragrance of Christ in everything they do, and for God's kingdom to come, his will to be done in earth and on heaven. Look back at what had been achieved in 2020 to give us confidence that whatever we asked of God, it will be fulfilled. Over 230 churches found ways to raise money for the BMS Harvest Appeal, Operation Chad. Many of them remotely. Some churches organised online connections. Many superstar fundraisers set themselves unique sporting challenges that they could do within their four walls to raise money. Back in 2016, BMS launched an ambitious plan. We wanted to transform the lives of one million people by the end of 2020. The last of those five years posed challenges none of us could have foreseen. But with God's guidance and your support, we amazingly saw that target achieve. In the midst of lockdowns and social distancing, outreach events seemed to be an impossible dream. That is, until four BMS partners across Asia came forward with a plan to reach their neighbours across India, Bangladesh, Cambodia and Thailand with the gospel this Christmas. There have been baptism, gifts and Bibles handed out and proclamation of gospel hope in time of real crisis. In 2020 alone we handed out more relief grants than ever before and it was all down to the generosity of BMS supporters. In moments of real trial, nations around the world dealt with the devastating effects of COVID-19, many on top of other political, economic or humanitarian crises. Thanks to your gifts, over 36,000 people received practical aid and support worldwide, all in the name of Jesus. You helped build a satellite COVID-19 hospital in Bardai, Chad, and showed up other hospitals across Chad and Nepal. You handed out face masks, PPE and soap and provided psychological support for those in despair. With God's help, we can continue and exceed our own hopes and aspirations. Despite all the restrictions and limitations, BMS is sure that last Christmas you ate a bit too much, you spent a bit too much and you now have a job to get back on an even keel. BMS World Mission have a plan. Offset your extravagance by using their carbon calculator to put back some of what you've taken away. BMS worker Genesis Akaye is passionate about Jesus. He's passionate about communities thriving in northern Uganda and he's passionate about the environment. He says, The environment feeds us. Everything that we eat is because of the environment. Every problem that affects the environment affects us directly. It affects food availability, food quality and food prices, says Genesis. Working to ensure the wider community is safe is good because you are supporting people's health, people's lives and you're also fulfilling the command from God to take care of what he's given us. That's why I love to see trees and forests, to see people growing more food, more harvest, famine reducing, people earning more money and living better. It improves lives, it transforms lives. Using the BMS carbon calculator, you can offset your Christmas dinner, your Christmas travel, your heating 
the postage on the Christmas presents you send, and you can use the money to give a long-lasting, life-transforming gift to 30 families in northern Uganda as they prepare for a new agroforest project with Genesis. Back home now and news from Lucy as she looks deeper into the activities of our young people as they cope with the pandemic. As the summer of 2020 drew to a close, Integrate Youth for Christ reflected on ways that their work with young people has changed due to the coronavirus pandemic. During the first lockdown, we rushed to respond to the limitations and tried to maintain our groups by moving online, says Centre Director Steph Richardson. The Integrate team had to get used to holding meetings through Zoom, along with the rest of the world, yet they were thrilled when one young girl made a decision to follow Jesus very early in the first lockdown. Even the initial drop-in numbers attending the online groups helped create the ideal environment in which to disciple her and two others who have made the same decision at the Cairo's Weekend Residential. She has now attended her local church virtually for the first time and is asking to get baptised. Local awareness of the centre's work is also leading to fresh opportunities. Schools are sending them requests to provide pre-recorded assemblies. This is not something they've done before, but they are now on assembly rotors for three schools. In recognition of the need for greater mental health support for young people, the Integrate team have also increased their mentoring work. However, this is not the whole story. Once the initial national lockdown eased, Integrate Youth for Christ restarted two of their youth cafes, but unfortunately have yet been able to reopen their other two. Now with a third season of lockdown upon us and their informal mentoring on hold, Steph also acknowledges that it can feel as if we are moving backwards. Ivy Bridge Youth for Christ works in a small area of the South Ham in South Devon. Under normal circumstances, Centre Director Alice Norton, his wife Helen and the team serve schools, partner with churches to run weekly clubs, deliver assemblies, provide detached outreach and take children and young people to Christian youth events. This year, despite Covid restrictions and lockdowns, they've continued to provide opportunities for young people to become followers of Jesus, grow in faith and take their walks with him more seriously. March's national lockdown saw the Ivy Bridge team quickly getting used to technology and best practice for online safeguarding. Helen says to call it a swift learning curve would be an understatement. The team set a series of challenges for young people during the first lockdown and kept up their tradition of playing the game Pie Face at the Shine Club in Newton Ferrers with the Year 6 Leavers, albeit over Zoom. Helen, who leads Shine, describes it as the highlight of the year. Young people playing from home meant that parent had to be the hand to pie their children with at the appropriate time. Funnily enough, they all agreed, laughed Helen. She closed the meeting by sharing Ecclesiastes 3's description of life's ups and downs and encouraging the young people to keep exploring faith at secondary school. Ivy Bridge Youth for Christ's year-round attached ministry, The Bridge Project, ordinarily uses a youth bus to engage with young people on the streets and in skate parks. With the winter months, the Bridge Project needed a new home. Cue the long-awaited reopening of the Bridge Youth Venue by the Salvation Army, which Ellis says could not have come at a better time. It's a fantastic place for youth work in the evenings, with cafe facilities, table football, a pool table and more. The first two weeks were very well received by young people, before the announcement of a third national lockdown. The Bridge Project will now need to adapt to new guidelines to support young people again, and the team will set more challenges for young people with more prizes on offer. 
So while the landscape continues to change, the Ivy Bridge team remains committed to bridging the gap between young people, their youth workers and ultimately Jesus in this season. Ellis, Helen and the team's hope is that young people will keep engaging with faith activities during lockdown and way beyond their time as youth into adulthood. More from Claire now as she reports on a significant award for one of Christian Aid's retirees. Christian Aid's former Head of Humanitarian, Nick Gutman, has been awarded an OBE in the New Year's Honours List for Services to Humanitarian Crises. Nick, 64, had worked for Christian Aid since 2001 before retiring from the organisation earlier in 2020. In his time at the International Development Agency, he transformed Christian Aid's humanitarian relief work and contributed to the whole humanitarian sector shifting its approach towards more locally based and locally accountable humanitarian actions. During his time, Nick led humanitarian responses for Christian aid in Afghanistan, Iraq and Darfur, as well as in the Pakistan earthquake, Cyclone Nargis in Myanmar, the Indian Ocean tsunami, the Haiti earthquake, the Syrian displacement crisis, the Nepal earthquake and the Ebola crisis in Sierra Leone, along with working on conflict and food shortages in the East and Horn of Africa and the DRC, and conflict in Borno State, Nigeria. Most recently, he led on the response to the COVID-19 pandemic in Africa, Latin America, and the Caribbean and Asia and the Middle East, including setting up Christian aid staff in country programmes to enable local organisations to minimise the spread of the virus and to mitigate wider effects on lives and livelihoods. Robin Greenwood, International Programmes Director at Christian Aid, said, We're delighted that Nick's commitment and service to the humanitarian sector has been recognised. He has been a powerful advocate in the sector for putting accountability to affected communities and their participation in decision-making at the centre of Relief Agency's response. Speaking about his honour, Nick said, I was really shocked to see my name there. It's a tremendous honour. I could never have achieved it without all the amazing people at Christian Aid and across the globe who shared the vision of relieving the suffering of those in greatest need in a way that empowered individuals and communities to take control of their own lives and build a better future for themselves, their families and communities. The humble bar of soap has morphed into a key tool in the global fight against coronavirus across the world and Christian Aid is urging the public to put it at the top of any gift list. The International Aid and Development Organisation has provided soap for almost 250,000 people worldwide since the outbreak began. Before Christmas, CEO Amanda Cozy-McQuashi appealed to the public also to buy the traditional Christmas gift of soap for the world's most vulnerable people, as well as for loved ones closer to home. Three billion people, 40% of the world's population, do not have access to soap and water in the home, making regular hand washing very difficult. Refugees living in crowded camps are particularly vulnerable to disease. Since April 2020, Christian Aid partner organisations in Bangladesh have provided over 40,000 bars of soap for Rohingya families and the local host community. In Ethiopia, where coronavirus is an additional threat to lives on top of the climate crisis and the locust swarms of 2020, Christian Aid partners are training women to make soap from the drought-resistant aloe vera plant. 
The soap not only protects the women's own families, but, for, but provides a vital source of income. As online shopping continues its meteoric rise, Christian Aid this year has expanded its digital gift selection to include a charity gift, enabling supporters to help train more women to make soap for £15 or provide clean water for £30. Ms McQuashy said, This has been a year when we in the UK have experienced vulnerability in a way we haven't for many generations and have been given an insight into what it's like not to be able to fully protect our loved ones from outside forces. But we have tools at our disposal. We can wash our hands with soap and water. And this year, we're appealing to the public to help put those critical tools in the hands of some of the world's most vulnerable people. NHS consultant Dr Paul Grime of St Thomas's Hospital London, who travelled with Christian Aid to see projects improving access to water in rural Ethiopia, said, We mustn't underestimate the importance of soap and water. These may seem like basic and simple resources to us, but they can make a huge difference to those who don't have them. Making them available gives people the chance to protect themselves and their loved ones, control the spread of the virus and other infections in their communities, and avoid the devastating impact that infections like coronavirus have on the poorest members of our global community. Ethiopia was the focus of Christian Aid's Christmas appeal in 2020. Christian Aid is also watching the unfolding humanitarian situation in northern Ethiopia with growing concern. Our ACT Alliance partners are responding to support communities directly affected within Tigray and refugees fleeing over the border into Sudan. Christian Aid is in discussion with ACT Alliance to see how we can best support their efforts from our emergency funds. Thanks Claire, and we move on with more music, and Phil has got all top of the pops on us. Well, it seems appropriate for the first Baptist Voice of the Year that we should take a look at the Gospel Music Chart for 2020, according to Cross Rhythms. They published the top 100, but that would take too much of our precious time together. For the serious student, you can see the whole list at crossrhythms.co.uk. Right, let's start the top 10. At number 10, it's Don't Judge Me with Kiera Sheard, featuring Missy Elliott from the album Don't Judge Me. From the album Citizen of Heaven, Torrin Wells sings Millionaire, featuring Kirk Franklin, which is at number 9. Standing at 8, the brilliant Stormzy sings Don't Forget to Breathe from the album Heavy is the Head. Zach Williams is joined by Dolly Parton on the song There Was Jesus. That's from the album Rescue Story on the essential label and stands at number 7. At 6, Kanye West sings Closed on Sunday from his album Jesus is King. This is the top 10 songs of 2020 from the digital publisher Cross Rhythms. Just five to go and at number five Justin Bieber sings Intentions from the album Changes. Skillet from Legendary stands at number four from the album Victorious and we're into the top three gospel songs of 2020 at number three Miracles by Colton Dixon on the Atlantic label. Number two it's a second appearance for Kanye West with Goddess from his album Jesus is King on the Def Jam label and at number one the number one song of 2020 after nine weeks at the top and a second appearance in the charts it's just Justin Bieber with his song Holy featuring Chance the Rapper. I hear a lot about sinners. Don't think that I'll be a saint. But I might go down to the river. Cause the way that the sky opens up when we touch it, it's making me say. 
I never thought I'd be hearing Justin Bieber singing on Baptist's voice, but his conversion to Christian music seems complete. Katie is completing her tour of the colleges, and this time she's reached South Wales. The South Wales Baptist College is a community where people can discover more about the Christian faith as they explore God's purpose for their lives. They welcome women and men who are preparing for various forms of Christian ministry and mission. One of the college's core tasks is working with people preparing for ordained ministry within both the Baptist Union of Great Britain and the Baptist Union of Wales. We gladly welcome open option candidates who embark on theological study as part of the process of discerning God's guidance for their future. For over 100 years, the college has enjoyed a close working relationship with Cardiff University. This means that Baptist College students also benefit from having full access to the resources of the Department of Religious Studies and Theology at Cardiff University. These overlapping worlds of college and university help create a positive and stimulating environment for ministerial training and formation. You can contact the college through their website www.swbc.org.uk or email admin at swbc.org.uk. As Spurgeon's College continues to teach digitally via the Zoom platform, they are delighted to offer you the opportunity to join their live digital lectures for semester two, which, which starts on the 15th of February 2021. We have a wide range of level four, five and six units, as well as postgraduate units. This is a unique opportunity to receive teaching from excellent tutors and be part of the classroom environment from the comfort of your own home, without having to do any assignments. There's a complete breakdown of the courses available and the costs on their website, www.spurgeons.ac.uk. In further news, the College Conference, which is both the name given to the Association of Former Students of Spurgeons College, and an actual conference which is held on the second Thursday in June each year. This year it will be on Thursday the 10th of June. Details of the programme will follow soon. Although it's a virtual event, you are invited to spend 24 hours with Charles Spurgeon on June 18th and 19th. On the website you can view a video that gives all the background to the event which attracts influential speakers from all around the world. Because it's a live event, the contributors join in real time from their various colleges and seminaries in their own time zone. Go to www.spurgeons.ac.uk. Further details will be released nearer the time. In the present circumstances, the Irish Baptist College will be hosting a restricted open night this term. On Thursday the 25th of March, those interested in studying at the college are invited to visit the college building in Moira. There will be an opportunity to meet some staff and students and to talk in more detail about the courses available. 
the building will be open from 6.30pm to 9pm and booking is essential. You can book your slot here, outlook.office365.com forward slash OWA forward slash calendar forward slash open night at the Baptist Centre dot org forward slash bookings forward slash. The event is subject to government guidelines at the time. If it is neither safe nor permitted to hold the open night in person, it will be replaced by a virtual open night. No more than two visitors per booking. All visitors to the building must wear a face covering and adhere to the safety measures in place, including hand sanitising and social distancing. Katie there with news from our colleges. Ralph will be here in a minute or two with the small print, and that's after we've heard our final roundup of regional news from Colin. Big questions during the pandemic facilitates an online discussion group using video conferencing technologies. Each of its five hour long sessions looks at an apologetics question such as the existence of God, the meaning and purpose of life, making sense of suffering and life after death. Big Questions is based on a successful outreach run in Tyneside in April and May. Nick McGoran, Minister of Walsend Baptist Church, said people have also asked big questions about God, life, the universe and everything. Too often we try to ignore them, but the COVID-19 pandemic, when death and fear stalkers and life is turned upside down, simply makes it harder to avoid asking those. People are as open as never before. We should seize this opportunity to share the gospel in new ways. We can't press pause on the Great Commission during the COVID-19 pandemic. Each session has a 20-minute pre-recorded talk to watch together, plus hints on running a discussion. The talks are accessible and illustrated with examples from film, books, music and real-life stories. Big Questions is now live on the website of Walls End Baptist Church. It includes pre-recorded talks and guidance how to set up, promote and run a Big Questions course. All of these are free to use and share. Visit wallsendbaptistchurch.org.uk forward slash big hyphen questions. A Baptist church worked closely with the local builder's merchant to create an eye-catching nativity scene in its grounds. The life-size display is on the grass in front of Shirley Warren Action Church in Southampton and is lit up during the evening. It receives visitors from across the community, with many of them taking photographs. It felt important to give a visual picture of the nativity, which represents the true meaning of Christmas, outside for all the community to see, said Minister the Reverend Jenny Elliott. Due to the many restrictions placed on indoor worship, and because our outdoor nativity scene was sadly subjected to an arson attack in 2015, we all felt a strong need to create something outside where people could come and go freely whenever they wanted. Covers Timber and Builders Merchant in Southampton donated sheets of plywood to help the church create the scene. Michael Sheath, Depot Manager of Covers Southampton, said, At Covers, we are always happy to support projects in our community. 
so we were delighted to get involved with the Shirley Warren Action Church to help them create this wonderful nativity display. We are all sure it will bring joy to visitors throughout the festive season. Slave Chronicles and Dangerous Beliefs offers 20 short stories plus study material on the theme of historic and modern slavery. The material can be used in everyday conversations, religious education and talks. Each chronicle contrasts Christian and materialistic world views and demonstrates how respectful conversations while telling a story. While most people wouldn't confess to supporting modern slavery, many acquiesce to its ongoing evils and complacency or ignorance. Alongside each narrative, the evils of slavery are shown to have roots in wrong thinking about the value of all human beings. Commissioned by Think Faith Network, this short course, which launches online in February 21, demonstrates how to discuss a biblical response which challenges this social evil. It can also be studied by individuals, student or other small groups working at their own pace over eight weeks and supported by an online peer learning community. Mark, who has preached in Craghill Baptist Church in Horsford, Leeds, first developed a worldwide approach as an RE high school teacher in the 1990s to attract the attention of disengaged sixth formers. He said, I immediately saw that neither pious homilies or straightforward religious education were cutting it. Instead, I bought in albums, video and newspaper clips. What story was Madonna telling in Material Girl? Or Roy Keane telling when he wrote that pro footballers were just pieces of meat? By exploring the stories behind pop music, entertainment and sports reporting with them, I was able to unpack the underlying world view. I named and shamed individualistic and materialist belief system that mugs so many today. Only by understanding this dark faith can we make sense of human trafficking. I pointed out that trafficking people are not just pieces of meat for sexual consumption or slave labour, but precious creatures made in God's image and likeness. The students hung on my every word, no sneering or smirking, and an excellent end-of-term feedback. Not only does this approach work, it works in every setting without any complaints of preaching or indoctrination, vital in today's pluralist society. You are sharing about something people know very little of through stories. With slave chronicles and dangerous beliefs, Mark brings a much-needed and useful online resource to the Christian community, educating and enabling both discipleship and evangelism at a time when meeting physically is still challenging for many. Find out more about the course from Mark. Email mark at realitybytes.org.uk Stephen, our chaplain, will be along shortly with his reflections on the new year. But that's after we've heard all those important items from the small print. As well as tapes or CDs or memory sticks supplied free to qualifying members, Baptist Voice is available online at www.baptistvoice.co.uk or as a podcast from iTunes for you to download and keep. If you know of anyone who is visually impaired and would appreciate a copy of Baptist Voice, you can contact us at baptistvoice13 
at gmail.com or write to us at Baptist Voice, Care of Greenfield Church, Ermston, Manchester, N410TY. Baptist Voice is sponsored by the North West Baptist Association and all the items included are either in the public domain or reproduced with the copyright holder's permission. If we missed a copyright notice somewhere along the line, do let us know and we'll remove the offending item immediately. The next edition of Baptist Voice will be along in the first week of March. But we've kept him waiting long enough. Here's our chaplain Stephen, and he's still in a festive mood. Hello and a happy new year to you. I hope that you and those that you love are safe and well. Well, we're in a very strange time now at the moment, aren't we? On the one hand, we're in the third lockdown of this pandemic, one that seems much more serious than the one in the autumn. We've perhaps heard how serious things are in our hospitals, the reports of intensive care units being stretched to near breaking point, and overworked doctors and nurses and other hospital staff really on the edge. And yet, on the other hand... There is a real sense, I think, of light emerging at the end of the tunnel as people begin to have their vaccines and the hope rises that this marks the beginning of the end of this crisis. So I wonder how you're feeling in all of this. Are you glad to have been vaccinated or at least to be on the list to have the jab? Are you hopeful that we will soon begin to emerge from all of this? Are you still worried, perhaps, or even fearful of what lies ahead, knowing or sensing, perhaps, that we still have a long way to go before we can say that we're out of it? Perhaps you're tired because of the seeming relentlessness of it all. Or perhaps you feel a little bit of all of those, with some extra feelings tossed in for good measure, too. Now, I'll let you into a little secret. I've written and deleted and rewritten this part about three times now because actually it's really hard to make sense of where we are right now. It's hard to know what we should think, what we should feel, if we can be told we should feel anything at all, and what we should pray. And it's hard to sum all of that up in one short talk such as this, hard to give the answer, so to speak, about what God might say about it all. Except maybe this. However we're feeling right now, however this strange start to 2021 is affecting us, God knows that. And more than that, God's been there in Jesus. As the words that we no doubt sang at Christmas say, And he feeleth for our sadness, and he shareth in our gladness. I quite like the traditional words to Christmas carols. Joy, sorrow, grief, and yes, I would say, surprise and even fear. Jesus knows what we're going through. He knows the very hairs of our heads. Why wouldn't he know the whole range of feelings that are affecting us right now, often all at the same time? And so we can come to him and share with him exactly what it is we're going through. We don't have to put on a brave face for him. He'd see through it immediately. And we don't have to worry about whether what we're feeling is acceptable or not. If we're glad, let's rejoice with him. If we're hopeful, let's thank him for the hope that he always gives us. If we're fearful, 
let's tell him our deepest fears. If we're grieving, let's cry and grieve in his loving arms. If we're uncertain and unsure, let's look to him who knows the way ahead and who will guide us and lead us and love us and keep us safe through everything. Let's pray together. Loving God, when we are weary, give us fresh energy. When we are sleepy, give us rest. When we are frustrated, give us calmness. When we're sad, give us comfort. When we're disappointed, give us hope. When we're happy, rejoice with us. When we are hopeful, give us the courage to share the reason for that hope. In everything, turn us back to focus on you, the one who has given us all things, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Saviour. Amen.